0: Yes, y'all. Thank right. you again for joining me for this episode of the Hip Hop Humble Podcast. I'm here with everybody knows hip hops uh, in, in this county. Everybody knows Sequoia Falk, and I'm blessed to have him in the studio right now, giving his story. Uh, we were we're all gonna we're gonna chop a couple minutes back into this, and then get right back into it like it never ended. <laughs> right so on. Have a have at it,
1: brother. How David, did? I appreciate being here, man. I can't even believe the the people that have recorded on your podcast already it's been awesome to hear all the stories and i'm i'm super honored to be to be here and get to share mine and uh the, the honor is all mine brother thank you thank you man
0: you know one of the things with the pod is that um uh I, I, I wanted to make sure that nobody at any point gets mad about like the order that i have artists on the pod because mm. like I was trying and I'm trying to give respect to like the legends Mm. like yourself, you know, what I'm saying I say that because you've been holding a lot down here for a long time. You know what I mean? Including the cypher that I know we'll talk about, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, hop into that myself, you know, but the cool things you've done around here, you know, what I'm saying that's legendary to me. So I'm just uh, trying to get as many legends on as I can to, you know, let folks know that this podcast is about showing respect to the culture. And with that being said, I'm blessed to have you on it and to have your
1: time today, you know, and have you in this studio. Right on, man. Yeah. No, for real. Like uh, Keras1 says, you got to be a hip hop scholar. You know, you got to at least educate yourself uh, about the history and, and know know how things got to where they are. You know, that's kind of your responsibility as an artist. Mm-hmm. especially if you're, you know, a white dude from Manila that's like rapping. <laughs> you kind of owe it to to people and and I think that's um that's something that is it's tricky. Uh, it's part of my journey is like finding my own voice and being as genuine as I can to who I am because I, to me, that's how I pay tribute. Cause I feel like a lot of people get confused and think that to honor hip hop, you got to sound like people that have rapped before. And mm-hmm. I think hip hop's about being true to yourself and not trying to fake or, or pretend like you're somewhere else or bite someone else's style. You know, you can be inspired, but to me, it's like, it, you got to dig deep. And so that's something I want to get into is like, just the, the levels of, it's, it's almost like a spiritual journey like trying to find that relationship with yourself to where you can find your own voice and find what you represent and believe in and uh yeah i i, I want to dive into that um yeah but uh but yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna um i'm gonna tell my story a little bit just to give so that that kind of has some context but the, the uh background i love yeah, it. yeah 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 um so yeah, I was born in a house in Arcata and uh home birth, birth, hippie parents who met at a nuclear power plant protest and I, you know, grew up going to protests against deforestation things like that and uh and yeah, my my name being Sequoia is actually a Cherokee linguist. Um it's not spelled like the tree, which I'm super honored about even though I don't have any native blood in me, so the name is sort of cultural appropriation, um, but that obviously was, you know, at a time where that wasn't a consideration so much. And I think, I, I think that to me with that type of stuff, it's like if you're honoring something, you know, then I don't see the harm in it. Whereas when you're making fun of something, that's where there's harm in it. So mm-hmm. if you're saying, hey, we want to give respect to this guy who was the first Native American to come up with a written language for a Native American tribe. Like, that's a badass person. And so I, I, you know, that's how I feel about it. Yeah, you're giving respect. <laughs> exactly.
0: You're not sitting up out here trying to use that, you know, culture to gain anything, any mm-hmm. clout, any kind of anything at all. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Just want to, like, clarify that that's why my name is spelled weird. And it's, um, people should look into it. Sequoia, badass. The original one (laughs) some people say the tree though, might be named after him, but that's, um, you know, wow. Nobody knows for sure. Wow. But, uh, but yeah, so, um, when I was three, my parents bought a house in Manila. And so I grew up out in Manila and my parents split up when I was shortly after that, they split up Mm -hmm. and my dad moved into what was the garage And so it was like a little building, uh, next to the house. And so for my whole childhood, we went back and forth between the garage and the house. We'd be with my mom at the house and then we'd have a week with my dad in the garage. And back then, um, my parents were not exactly, uh, you know, like my mom was on food stamps and was making buttons for a living and, um, and my dad was working part-time teaching. And uh, and it was like, it was definitely like, Manila was a, a pretty shady place back then. And it wasn't like, I'm not saying I grew up in poverty or anything like that. But like, um, it, you know, I slept on a couch in the garage for quite a while. was my sort of bedroom and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But the thing, the point I want to get to here is I never felt any sort of lack in my childhood, because my parents prioritized me and my brother, like they, they loved us. They cared about us. They were there for us. They spent time with us. They liked being parents. Mm -hmm. And I think that a common issue in our culture is that people think they need to work really hard to give their kid all the material things. Mm -hmm. And then they're not there for their kids. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like, if your kid doesn't have the material things, but they feel loved and appreciated and, 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 um, your parents are, you know, there for you, Mm -hmm. you're set on a path that's so much better than just having all your material desires always met. So I feel incredibly blessed to have parents that I feel were incredible parents in spite of, you know, like not living a luxurious life as a kid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. After, Uh, when I was a little older, my mom got a nursing degree and my dad started teaching at HSU more and my mom married a guy who was a forester. So the money started coming in. So, um, uh, you know, like definitely things transitioned and my dad slowly built that garage into another house and it's a nice house. So now it's like, we're going back and forth between two houses. Um, So it was an interesting kind of transformation. It's almost like represents Manila as a whole has really gentrified since I've lived there. Um, It was when I was a kid, it was like our neighbor had a meth trailer that, you know, they were always fighting and selling meth and a trailer burned down in the middle of the night. Our other neighbor was apparently selling guns. Um, We had just shady characters and it was quite a white trash kind of scene. Um, And it's funny because in Humboldt, Manila still has that reputation. Like you say Manila and people that are locals are like, ah, Manila, but people that are from out of town, you say Manila and they're like, oh, nice little beach community. I love it there. I want to live out there. Like Mm -hmm. we ran an Airbnb out there and like everybody was just like stoked, like five-star reviews, like this place is incredible. You can walk to the ocean. You got the whole beach to yourself. So like perspective to me, yeah exactly yeah like I rep Manila hard because I love all the elements of it like it's a it's got some grit to it but it's also like mind boggling that you can live in a place where you have like a nature preserve basically in your backyard. You got the beach mm-hmm. um you you know it's like you got the bay on the other side like yep. yeah I definitely am holding it down for Manila like yeah. um but But yeah, there there was some, there was some edge to it. And so, um, growing up though, I remember my brother would be playing like Tupac on his Walkman. Uh And I, when I was little, I couldn't, I didn't quite get it. I was like, I don't understand. I didn't have like an opinion of it. I was just like, I don't, I don't quite know what's going on with this music. Uh And then he started playing Rage Against the Machine while we would skate and, I would at first is like, I don't fucking get this either. But then it slowly, like, I think the best music, it's the, like, usually music that the first time you hear it, you're like, oh, this is fucking amazing. Like, I love it. It gets boring Uh quick. Uh Music that you're like, I don't know how I feel about this. And then you start liking it. And then it just gets better and better and better. Mm -hmm. And so that's how, like, Rage Against the Machine is. And eventually Tupac for sure. Um, but it still was kind of, that was like my gateway drug was like Rage Against the Machine. And, uh, and actually I have a bar, it's like, it's pop music, play the shit once it gets stuck in your head. It's pop music, play the shit again, it's straight played out and dead. And that's kind of like that music where you hear it once and you're like, oh, this is cool, it's stuck in my head. And it's, so yeah. <laughs> but it, wh- I remember the exact day that hip hop clicked for me. I was probably like 14 and I woke up and my stepbrother had bought the chronic 2001 and, uh, he put that shit on and, uh, the first song. And I was just woke up to him bumping, uh, the watcher, the first track on that album. Yeah. (laughs) Things just ain't the same for gangsters, hustlers. Oh, dude, I don't know. Like I was just laying there like, Oh my god, this is so fucking dope! Like, I like hit. It was crazy how hard it hit me. Suddenly, like everything clicked, and I was like, okay. And now that album, like I didn't relate totally to the lyricism so much, but the the beats and the flows and like the vibe um, Mm -hmm. was just like was crazy. And so once that clicked for me and then I started listening to more conscious stuff like dead prez, uh, their first let's get free. Yeah. Um, and then, um, like my mind just like started opening to, to the whole world of hip hop. Mm -hmm. And I think because of like, because of my political, um, upbringing, like protests against the war and, or the, uh, the wars in Central America that were backed by the U.S. government, the the basically the sponsoring of dictatorships down there and all that, mm-hmm. um, again and again and again. Yeah, I remember as a kid being at a protest, like "Stop the fighting, stop the war in El Salvador." That was like a protest mm-hmm. chant because we were spending like two million dollars a month worth of military aid to a paramilitary. Government that was killing innocent people in villages and all sorts of shit like yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay. So, any which way that when that connected with like artists like Dead Prez and Rage Against the Machine, um you ever get on any immortal technique? I was literally just <laughs> going there, dude. So you had Gage ATG shout out. That dude is the fucking man. Yeah. And I loved it because he was he he was like bringing up immortal tech revolutionary volume two yes when i heard that album it was like i just played that on repeat like to me that's like the holy grail like Mm -hmm. that and it was just like yeah man it just it just spoke to me in a way that all the pop music that's talking about nothing that's interesting didn't and so um i feel you yeah so the funny thing about my like me as a as a artist is like it's kind of this juxtaposition between like hardcore political uh, intensity and kind of almost like a joke. And the way I explain that is like, I I started scribbling these political rants when I was in college and I would have a break uh, or I'd be zoning out during math or whatever. I would scribble these political raps Uh that were, I didn't even try spitting them, but I was just like writing rhymes that, that were like ranting because we were, we were like invading Iraq at that point and all this. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that had already been going on for a while, but it was just like I would I went to high school when they invaded Iraq. And I remember walking out of high school with a group of kids in protest because it was so blatantly fucked up at the time. Anyone mm-hmm. now who goes back and they're like, oh, yeah, that was like. Now looking back, it, like it's obvious it was fucked up. It was like, no, it was obvious it was fucked up <laughs> right then and there. Yep. It's yeah, the no. problem with American ignorance is there's no nuance. Mm-hmm. Because it's not a very sophisticated nuance to acknowledge that all the people involved in 9/11 came from Saudi Arabia and were taking refuge in Afghanistan. And then why the fuck are we going to Iraq? But Americans are like, it's the Middle East. They're all – nuke them all. They're all Mm. the same. It's like there's no fucking relation at all between Iraq and 9-11. But they twisted it, and it was so obvious. But when you – it's disaster. It's like capitalizing on a disaster situation, which is what – has happened for forever you know yeah disaster capitalism it's like oh 9/11 happened how can we capitalize on this opportunity to accomplish our bigger strategic goals whatever the fuck those were securing oil or something but really it was just a disaster all around mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. regardless I'm writing political rants about that kind of shit in college yeah. but I wasn't actually rapping and then Halloween comes and I'm like I was probably I don't know 18 19. And I needed a costume and I saw that I had, and this is, this is just a whack story. Like I, but I'm just being honest here. I saw I had um, like a rainbow do rag and I had like a wife beater and like a Walkman. And I was just like, all right, well, what if I'm like Eminem's ms arc nemesis Skittles? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, fuck it. I'm going all in. so I, I dress up as this like flamboyant, like, Rapper that's like oh, shit. it's called Skittles, like Taste the Rainbow, motherfucker, you know. <laughs> and yeah, it was like it's a good thing I'm not too concerned with street cred, but this was actually like the catalyst because I was like, well, if I'm going to wear this costume, I better be able to spit some rhymes, okay? Because people are going to be like, all right, spit some rhymes. So I r- scribbled some rhymes down, and they were just like, you know, t- meant to be entertaining and stupid. And that's when I started rapping was that night was just to be, like, part of my costume. And I was like, this is dope. Like, people were listening and, like, pretty stoked. And and uh, and so it was kind of that, like I said, that you can still see that in my music. I have a side that's kind of like a fucking joke. And then I also have a side that's really serious. And I'm still yeah. on the journey of trying to, like, reconcile those two and find, like, exactly how I can best, um, you know, be effective at communicating like all this all these different layers and it's mm-hmm. like a lifelong journey you know but um yeah but that kind of explains to people when they see some of my stuff that's a little more questionable it's like well yeah dude like started rapping as a flamboyant rapper named skittles like
0: <laughs> damn, <laughs> that's, crazy, <yeah. laughs> that's a crazy story though man that's what helped move the bar for you though Mm -hmm. and then you've got it sounds like some of that you know like that validating energy from like people like
1: checking it out and being like hey what's he doing you know what i'm saying and that like you know got it rolling you know and i think nowadays like you know people are way more open-minded about who can be a rapper and who can't be but this was Mm -hmm. like at a time when like it was you know the rap game was super homophobic but it was a joke. So like, I don't know. I I don't know if I was being who I was disrespecting through all that. I'm sure someone was offended by it, but like, it got me, um, it got me to start spitting raps in front of people. And then I got hooked on it. And Mm -hmm. I like, just to be clear though, like I was like, even though some people were entertained by it, like I was whack, (laughs) like it was whack. And, uh, and, and for years, like it was, you know, it takes time to hone the craft, and, uh, and yeah. I'm still in that process, but I, basically shortly after that, I moved to Canada and, okay. um, and I start, I still was, you know, connecting with people up there. And, uh, and that's where I met a group of guys who were like, Hey, come to this, uh, this cypher. We call it the outright cypher every Thursday or whatever it was. We meet at the, this high school and anyone can come through and just rap. And We're at in uh,
0: Canada, if you don't mind me asking.
1: That was in Victoria, British Columbia. Okay, Victoria, BC, yeah. okay. And I was up there for six years, but that was the inspiration for the Insight Cypher in Eureka. Okay. And that's why it's called the Insight Cypher is because the the outright cypher was what inspired me. And yep. I was like, outright, insight, like it's kind of, you know, wordplay or whatever. Yeah. Plus insight is kind of dope because it's like, share your insights, but it's also like, yo, we got the system in our sites, like insight, you know, or whatever. Oh, you, yeah. can, you can have it, multiple connotations. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, so a Canadian Cypher inspired the Insight Cypher, which literally was me just sending out a text to half a dozen people in Humboldt and being like, yo, let's meet here at this time and rap. Yeah, that was it. I made a little flyer on like some free app on my phone, texted it to people and it's been like two years now and pretty much every Wednesday for two years people have getting, been getting together and rapping and uh, sometimes we shift like from under the bridge under the small bridge over to uh, behind target depending if things get too shady under the bridge like I kind of like it a little shady <laughs> yeah. like it's the a little, element you know? yeah, it's like yeah. raw you know like I'm yeah. not but when like people were starting like there was fights going on and drug deals and it was just like I don't really want anyone to get fucked up and it kind of be on my shoulders to some extent. So, I feel like Yeah, sometimes you gotta to be mind. careful. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean. Keep your eyes out. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's been dope. And um, yeah, I've you know I've been down there. You know, just once, maybe twice mm-hmm. now. You know what I mean. But you
0: yeah. guys keep a great vibe. Oh, you yeah. know.
1: Yeah. It's pretty much a a, di- a very dynamic thing. Like, you might go down there. There might be two of us and that's dope because then you get a lot of time to practice your your craft yeah. there might be 15 of us and mm-hmm. then you're just enjoying like hearing everybody's different perspectives the yep. beats could change dramatically we've had live saxophone live guitar we've had um you know like crazy we call them five hour energy beats that's a shout out to johnny angel yeah it a, a, a fucking super legend I love that guy really big heart shout out to Johnny but, yeah. Angel yeah and he but he likes the hyphy beats that that got the energy and then we got Ruffian, who is another like super close homie um, like yeah anyone who who's heard him rap is like what the fuck How, his rhyming skills and top his flow top yeah. shelf yeah, yeah. yeah and his like poet it's poetry so anyways, shout if out Ru- Ruffian yeah, for sure. That dude brings like jazzy chill beats, you know? And like me, I, I like, I like to be challenged. I, I, I view a beat like a skate park. It's like, mm, how would I ride this skate park? And sometimes the shittiest skate parks are the funnest ones to ride. Cause they're just weird and you got to get creative. And yep. so with beats like, you know, I'll flail on some of them, but then you you figure it out, and it's like that's what the whole point is 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 pro- progressing your capabilities. You yeah. know, as a freestyle artist, it's a muscle just like any muscle in your body, and you got to work it. You know, yeah. And by the way, David just mentioned he's come to a couple, and. um the dude's got bars and he's got a really dope rap voice. So, I'm hoping hey. Humble can hear the hear him spit on some <laughs> tracks. I know he's been modest with doing all this stuff for the scene, which is which is much appreciated, but like you're an artist also. Your beats are going hard too. So, hey, thanks man. <laughs> you know, I'm really in that
0: crossover level where, you know, I'm just like a fan of hip-hop mm. that also just has, you know, the ability to um Understand how to how to you know use certain software and things like that to be able to get it out on a creative level and get that create creativity outlet for myself in mm. place. You know, mm-hmm. so you know, shout out to hip hop just as an art form for doing that same thing for people across the globe.
1: Mm. Where you know? yeah, yeah, that's what's so dope about it is it's like this thing that was born in New York during a real gritty period of time in the most underground manner has become a global way to connect with people. Anywhere you go in the world, you can like find people that are into the art, into the culture and, um, and you can connect with people, which is, which is super important. Um, just to dive back to Canada a little bit. Yeah. It got pretty ridiculous. That was like the period of my life, you know, when you're in your young twenties and, uh, you're drinking a lot and just wiling out. And like, I used to just run up on people in the streets that I didn't know at all. And I would just be like, yo, you want to fucking battle? And, uh, Oh wow. Yeah. And I would battle knowing knowing they do, we're doing hip hop or just, (laughs) no dude, like just random ass people. And you'd be surprised. Like, I mean, it's Canada. (laughs) So like, it's nobody's going to like, shoot you or anything for just being a fucking goon but like you'd be surprised how many people are down to rap battle when wow. they've had a few drinks and some <laughs> random ass dude runs up on them they're just like what the fuck all right and like yeah it was like i, I that's one thing people don't know about me e- even though like some of my music is less serious uh like i'm down to battle so if anyone wants to battle i'll fucking battle
0: <laughs> that's what's, um, i hope y'all are hearing this yeah, you know yeah yeah, yeah. I, and like You ever, hey man, I'm not trying to set nothing up like this, you know what I'm
1: saying, but you know, have you ever heard of the legend called Franco? Yeah, that sounds familiar. Give me give me refresh yeah, me a little bit. he's a dude. He was with yeah. the Dirty Rats for oh, a little word. bit there. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. He's I mean, he, I've seen some of the YouTubes, man. You know, I've yeah. seen him in
1: person too. I saw I'm, I saw him at a show earlier this year. Well, and just to be clear, like I'm down to battle, but like I'm not I I'll, I'll get my ass served. You know, like I, <laughs> I have moments of I've had moments of glory, but just to like paint the picture. Like there was a, a battle when I was in Victoria in Canada. Um, and I saw like at a nightclub, it said like, you know, battle championship, whatever the fuck, like cash prize, you know? And I was like, all right, fuck it. And so I go to this bar and there was only like two other dudes or something. And like, I smoked the first dude. And then the second dude gets up and I roasted him. And, mm-hmm. uh, cause he was just I don't know. Like, I think I think when you go first, if people don't expect it, and then you get some good lines in it, it shakes them, you know? And he yeah. was shook. And, like, and he was a little drunk. He flailed. So I fucking destroyed both those dudes. And I was like, fuck, yeah, and got real cocky. Uh-oh. Came back for round two the next week. And I had these two chicks that were like, you know, Let- let's go see Sequoia Rap Battle. And I was like, yeah, fuck, yeah, come on. And, like, so you know, get up there overconfident. And that dude had been so embarrassed by the prior week that he had been like putting in some work and he was dead sober and he just fucking annihilated me. And like, when it was my turn to go, I just flailed. I was just flailed. And it was in front of like a big crowd. And the two chicks that I brought were just like cringing. And it was like, it was unbelievable how bad it was. Like it was fucked. And so I learned a valuable lesson though, like never, ever underestimate if you're going to battle someone, like always assume they're going to come crazy. Mm. And like, also fuck it, man. Like that's the worst that can happen. You get your ass served and then you, you get humbled, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so I came back for the final round and I was like, did what he had done. I got, I went and put in my work and like, re- I knew it was going to be me versus him. Cause we were the two like finalists or whatever. And, uh, and I fucking served the dude proper, and yeah. then I was like, "All right, where's my cash prize?" And they're like, "Oh, the dude who was like putting this thing on like skip town with the money, but uh, we'll give you like fifty bucks." And I was like, "Fuck, well, whatever. <laughs> At least I like got my ego like a little comfort by by winning or whatever." But yeah, and. Yeah, it wasn't like, you know, the the guys who are real battle rappers, those dudes are crazy these days. Like that sh- they're on a level. Like they put a lot oh, of time yeah. into it. Me it's more just like I'm not afraid to get my ass kicked. So if someone wants to battle me, I'll fucking do what I can and uh and sometimes I'll sometimes I'll have some good lines and sometimes I won't. But uh but it's all part of the thing like like <laughs> that's hip hop. It's hip hop, man. It's like I I like competition and stuff. I'm not a fucking arrogant person who thinks I'm better than anyone, but like, I'm, I think it's almost like, like we're saying, this is a spiritual thing. Like, this is like sparring. This is like Mm -hmm. testing yourself and like learning more about yourself and like, you know, um, humbling yourself. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So that leads basically to me moving back to humble from Canada and starting to get really more, like, addicted to just music and, like, just, like, never enough hours in the day to try and make beats and try and, like, write raps. And I'm still kind of in that zone. I think the biggest challenge right now is just, like, trying to decide how much energy to put into my own music and how much to put into trying to, like, work on other people's music. Mm-hmm. Um Because I... I really I've because my music has been I'm not it doesn't come natural to me so I had to learn how to mix and master and and do things pretty well to make my music even listenable so when I work with like talented artists I'm like pretty good I can like make your shit sound pretty pretty dope pretty easily Mm -hmm. so because I have those skills people hire me through my studio um yeah we're gonna talk about that yeah yeah which is cool um but it's a challenge because it's like I want to work on my own stuff, but then I work on my own stuff and I get frustrated sometimes and I'm like, fuck this. And so I, I I try and find that balance. It's like, um, Buddhism, you know, that middle road, like everything, find that balance.
0: Mm -hmm. Balance is important in life, man. You know, there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a person where like, that's something that's crucial for me, you know, because you can easily get stuck on one path and not look at other perspectives, you know what I mean? Not listen to other perspectives. And, um, no, I'm definitely a big fan of balance. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, and that's the, that's the, I think that's an interesting thing. Um, when you're young, you have really strong opinions and you have a certain sort of preconceived arrogance of just like, I, kind of know what's right and wrong and it it actually makes it a little easier sometimes to write lyrics because you're just like this is what I believe and I know I'm right and then you get older and you start having more balanced perspectives on things more life experience more nuance and it's an opportunity to create really powerful artwork but it's also um it, it almost gets harder And it Mm -hmm. like you look at and also less commercially viable, like you look at um, Kendrick Lamar, like obviously he's been commercially successful, but he's also been able to push the boundaries of nuance and like sophistication in his music, which is quite impressive. I mean, that's why he's he is who he is, you know. Yeah. Yep. But. um, It's
0: really true, man. You know, I like the artist, though, that really care about quality of sound you know mm-hmm. I, I think something that you know we talked about recently we chopped it up at your studio you know um there's the what's popular and what's hot you know what i mean and i even you know i was just recently watching videos of like you know young producers that are you know just copying the same things like what's hot you know what i mean and mm-hmm. making that same mm-hmm. stuff and um, just sonically, like I need a
1: little more, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's something that I like. I think about that a lot because I feel like if you're going to be unique, you have to be really fucking good. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've got the unique part down, and I'm working on the other part still. And it's and it definitely like I that's like the. Being an artist is a journey, and it's like, mm-hmm. a, as far as I'm concerned, it's a lifelong journey. But my only real goal is I want to get really fucking good at being an artist, and uh, like that is basically the ultimate achievement. What, whether or not other people fuck with it or it makes it any any sort of um, commercial sense, is completely irrelevant. Because that's like, um, that's outside of our control. Like, you can do what you can do, and there's certain things out that you can't fucking, you know. Like, that's why I think it's interesting people who, who stress so much about like pushing the commercial viability of their music. I mean, that's, that's dope, but um, like, we were just reading a Tupac quote about Van Gogh, giving respect to Van Gogh, because Van Gogh was a painter who is now regarded as one of the greatest of all time and never had a penny earned from his paintings during his lifetime, Mm -hmm. but he was a, he perfected the craft and it's resonated. And so to me, I'm timeless. Exactly. And like, it's obviously a privilege to not totally be stressed about the financial side of things. Um, but at the same time, I mean, like anyone is going to make more money just working a normal job than trying to take the artist path, you know, unless you get real lucky, like it's just the, the, nature of the beast. So, um, Mm -hmm. but
0: it's a tough game.
1: Yeah. It's a tough game, but I I just want to become someone that has achieved basically just when I listen to my music, after I release it, I want to be like super hyped on it. (laughs) Like we were talking earlier, I make stuff and I'm hyped on it and then I release it and I hear it as soon as you hit, you know, share, you hear it a different way, and then you're like, "Ah, fuck! Never want to hear that again." And like, that's my <laughs> life story, basically. So I'm like waiting, and I don't know if I'll ever get there, but I'm hoping that someday I'll, I'll I'll hit share and I'll be like, "That shit is so dope!" Like, and and I know a lot of guys have gotten like a lot of local dudes are there and it's inspiring to me Mm because i'm like dope i'm waiting until i can get to that level and um i don't pretend like i'm there and and i know that the the bar is is crazy high but like that's ultimately Mm -hmm. what it's about for me is like trying to progress
0: yeah man i'm a person it's all about growth too though man Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. like i feel like you are growing your entire life learning and growing Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so Like, it it would feel weird
1: to me to stop learning or growing, you know? And that's, like, that's why it's a lifestyle, and that's why, like, it's a journey. And so you can get home from work every day, sit in front of the TV, and drink a beer, and do that for 10 years. And at the end of 10 years, you haven't been on any sort of interesting journey at all. Right. You haven't done any real self-reflection. You haven't experienced things or connected with people. You've just, you know, sat there, drank your beer and watched TV, which, you know, there's a time and place for that. But to me, I'm always interested in life feeling like a journey. Mm -hmm. And when I was younger, that was through traveling. I would just fly to some random country and backpack around for cheap, you know, Mm -hmm. but it was actually after I did like a seven month trip and I ended up in some crazy town in india and all i was ended up doing every day was like drinking these like weed laced yogurt drinks the bong lassi the oh yeah yeah Yeah. drinking those fucking things and playing like taking sitar lessons and playing my guitar in my hostel room how long were you over there like i was in india for a month okay okay, yeah yeah. yeah. you can do what you want yeah but it was like that was the tail end of like seven months of traveling And I, all I was doing was basically sitting in my room playing my guitar. And I was like, you know what? I can fucking do this in Manila. (laughs) And that was it. That was when like something clicked and I was like, cool. Like the travel bug is like that journey, which I traveling is super dope. I highly recommend it to people. The world is not a scary place. You know, we want the world to be this terrifying place. Like America is the place people are scared of. (laughs) America is a pretty dangerous country and Mexico is super dangerous, but no one's scared to go there. So go to fucking Ethiopia or Kenya or, you know, Uganda or something like it's, it's really dope. But, um, Mm -hmm. but the point is like, I got to a point where that the just traveling around the journey I was more interested was the musical journey. And so I came home, I started working as little as possible because I didn't need to save money for traveling anymore. And I just started making music and playing my guitar, and um, and that's kind of what I've been doing ever since.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's what's up. Yeah. So now, when you, uh, so now your your guitar elements are definitely in some of your hip hop songs. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, Has it always been that way for you? Was it more like were you creating something that was more like guitar based, more like folk based, and Mm -hmm. then Mm -hmm. like combining hip hop elements of it Mm -hmm. slowly?
1: How did it go for you? That's a that's a good one, man. Um, I grew up watching my brother take piano lessons. Mm-hmm. And it was like you go and you, you know, pay money to go sit in a room and be told to play a song twenty times in a row until you get it perfect. And then you come home and you practice that same song and then you do a recital which looked just like horrible to me. Like the like the whole experience wasn't inspiring to me. Mm-hmm. Like it was good. Like my brother was into it and that's Super dope. And like I remember going to one of his recitals and he nailed, you know, the piece he had learned or whatever. And it was like cool. But I had no interest. Music did not seem like a fun thing. And so when I was like 20, like after I started kind of rapping a little bit, I was visiting my stepbrother in Seattle, and his roommate had this old classical guitar sitting in the corner. And uh for some reason, I picked it up and just started making noise. And I literally thought of it like a toy. I was like, I'm just going to play with this thing. I didn't tune it or anything. I just, like, was slapping it and hitting random notes. And and I had a I entertained myself for, like, a couple hours. And, mm-hmm. like, I had no ear for music, so I didn't know, like, how bad or good. I was just, like, playing with this thing, making noise. And that, it, like, planted a seed. I was like, damn, that was kind of dope. And then, like, a few months later... Um, I was at like this bonfire and I eaten some mushrooms and this dude was like crushing the guitar, like playing like tool covers or something and singing. And I was just like sitting there, just like tripping out. And, and that was it, man. Like I got up the next morning early. Like I got up and was like on a mission. I went straight to the pawn shop and bought a guitar Mm -hmm. and then I didn't tune it. For like the first year I had it, I did what I had been doing. I just made horrible fucking noises. My roommates had to put up with like (laughs) (laughs) incredible. But one of my greatest advantages as an artist is like, I've never known how badly I sucked until like I was good enough to look back and be like, Oh damn. And I think it's a hindrance to a lot of people when they know how good music can be and they try to learn an instrument and they just are like, man, I suck. Like, it doesn't sound like the greats. But I didn't have an ear for music. I had had no interest in it. I just was like wanting to play and make noises. And so that actually, by the time I like started tuning my guitar and and actually playing it, I like could make some decent sounds. And like then look back and be like, whoa, that was crazy, man. Like you were on some shit. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's been a funny, it's been a funny journey with the guitar, but. That um is something i'm I'm trying to figure out. like playing playing guitar in like a hip hop manner is tricky, yeah, yeah, I haven't oh, really yeah. totally <laughs> figured that one out yet. It's like another one on my bucket list is like someday cause I love like the Lauren Hill thing that she does. yeah, but that's fucking Lauren Hill, you know, and there's mm-hmm. a few other dudes um that can that can hold it down, but like I've been trying to find my style. And um, I think that some of my stronger productions are just like my classical guitar with like a heavy beat and 808. So I want to mm-hmm. like do like a whole album like that or, or a beat album or something like I, I, I do want to focus on that more, but like the, on the other hand it's like with music, I think it's really nice to have multiple avenues of expression because you're going to burn out on certain things. So when I'm burn out on like writing rhymes or I'm, you know, burnt out on trying to learn how to play my drums or something like that. I just maybe play guitar for like a few months mm-hmm. and just focus on that. And then like, yeah. I get burnt out on my classical guitar. I get out the electric guitar. So like just having ways, cause it all is interconnected, you know, like if you get really good at guitar, it's going to make you a better singer. It's going to make you a better drummer. Like it's weird, but it, it your brain, it all goes together. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm definitely there. I've always been attracted to like minimalist music and stuff like that. Um, and like, there's something like you were saying on some of your productions, you're, I actually loved what you said. You're like, yeah, I avoid having a hi hat in there if I can, because like, it's so true. The, the, you know, that's going to be what's the next cool thing. Like, you're ahead of your game, but I already know that's going to be the next cool thing. It might already be becoming the cool thing, but, like, because the fucking trap hi-hats have dominated for, like, 10 years now, Uh which is what I think is dope, but, like, people want to hear other things. And, like, Mm -hmm. I just last night made a beat where it was, like, a kick and a snare, like, super spaced out and, like... Nothing else, and if you just heard the beat, it was kind of like too sparse. But then when you rap, it's there's so much space, mm-hmm. and it doesn't. Yeah. It just feels like this expanse, and the voice fills in the rhythm. And I was just like, "Damn, that's there's yeah, that's I'm I'm a fan of that for sure.
0: And yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that up, man. One of the things I've seen lately is um, like one of the dudes I like, a producer I like, Nick Craven, mm-hmm. him and a, him and some other producers who are doing like drumless loops Mm -hmm. like where it's like not even you know it's just samples and i mean there's no drums Mm -hmm. but i mean nowadays whether you're doing something like dj mugs or derringer with the samples where these dudes are just doing crazy things with Mm -hmm. the samples and the sound with the sample is so just like it's a it's dope raw you know gritty like you may not even need drums Mm -hmm. you know i love those different branch office of sound man i'm not into just you know
1: Yeah, there shouldn't be rules, and in this day and age, genre is not really a thing either. Mm -hmm. And like, that's why, like, I would say, you know, I'm, I, you know, I would say I'm a rapper. Sure, I'll 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 claim that, but like, really, I'm a musician who's who's like got a lot of respect for rap. I think it's crazy that people ever thought, you know, rap wasn't music. White people, you know. But it's like now people realize it's another way to express yourself, and we have short attention spans, and we want maximum information. And through rap, you can convey so much more information. That's like we were saying, with mortal technique. All those dudes like that, like, yep, you're like packing people with knowledge in a way that's enjoyable to hear. So, like, how could that not be something that's like highly regarded? Um, mm-hmm. So. I think that's another thing that isn't it, white people have always been saying whatever black people come out with it's not music like with the blues it was like oh that's three chords and they're not even really singing they're talking or whatever they were just mm-hmm. like that's not music then the blues became rock and roll and took over the world mm-hmm. you know and then the and then there was uh obviously uh rap came out and it was like oh that's not music like they're just talking over some drums you know and then it took over the fucking world mm-hmm. and now i think it's funny when some rappers say like oh the what the new rappers are doing isn't music i'm like yo you better be careful Because, like, (laughs) you better watch out. That's what we've been saying as white people. Every time black people come out with something new, we're like, oh, that's not music. They're just mumbling over a beat or whatever. I'm like, I don't know. I ain't going to make that judgment call. Like, I'm just sitting back and watching because I'm pretty sure, like— some of those dudes are, are really talented you know yeah. like I don't I. it's not something I listen to a lot of that some of the modern stuff but like I definitely am not going to be the one to try and pretend like I'm going to tell you that that's not music yeah. you know, if that's what someone's into Like hey man you know, I, 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 one of the things that I really
0: like about Humboldt County and the different artists that I've interviewed for the podcast and specifically you know like I'm talking about like you know the white artists is that Every single one of y'all that have come on this podcast have shown respect to the culture rather than in any kind of way, shape or form, you know, appropriate in the culture, anything mm. like that mm. at all, you know, and I think that's so dope.
1: you think about it california was you know colonized by people seeking gold and then Humboldt was colonized by people seeking the green gold you know but Mm -hmm. it's always been like it it, it was a back to the landers too and there's a whole i mean we could talk and talk about that but the point is like there's an outlaw culture here Mm -hmm. and there's respect for outlaw culture and so hip-hop is was an outlaw. It's an outlaw culture. Like, like when it started, it was not, um, it was not accepted. And I think Humboldt, the beautiful thing about Humboldt is that it embraces weird, weird, shit you know like I, I always say like humble like is where weird people come and they feel at home and they're like oh damn everybody here is weird as fuck but that's good because <laughs> normal is so boring and normal mm-hmm. in our society is actually like mentally ill really you know so like i think that is uh, might be part of why people are like hey we gotta realize the the roots of this because it's not so different from like you know, people coming to humble and being like, "We're going to do shit different. We're not going to follow the rules. We're going to do it different." And that's where the roots of hip hop, you know. But the respect for it, yeah, mm, I love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, it, it's it, it's one of those things. Like when I did, like, I, one of my really questionable songs is called um, "What the Fucks Up with That Yo," and I made this, you know, video where I'm on a unicycle rapping, and like I watched it and I was like, ah. Oh dude, I think I'm a disgrace to hip hop. And I I played that <laughs> shit. I played it for Zigzilla. So he gets all the heat for this. I, I was like, yo, I don't think I can put this out, man. I feel like this is like, this is like not going to be taken how I'm intending it. Like I'm, I'm trying to just not take myself too serious and like get people to fucking laugh and loosen up in yeah. general. But he watched it. He's like, nah, dude, like, you got to keep hip hop weird, man. Like Tyler, the creator, all these dudes, like keep the shit weird. Like, don't, Mm -hmm. don't like try and make it too conforming to like, you know, a certain image or whatever. And he was like encouraging of that. And I was like, cool man. Like that, that's good to, to be aware of. Like, cause it's such a fine line. Like, I don't, I would never want to, um, like, my intention is never to mock hip-hop, but it's also to say, like, yo, be fucking weird. Like, we're this earth is a weird-ass situation. Like, mm-hmm. we're these weird organisms on this blue thing flying through space. We got, like, a certain blip of time here. Like, we have these animals that we hang out with. Like, the whole situation is so fucking bizarre mm-hmm. that... Like, you can't get so wrapped up in our head of, like, what is everyone going to think about me if this happens or that happens? Like, in the grand scheme of things, it's completely insignificant, yep. you know? So just, like, while out a bit and, you Express know, yourself. Yeah, express yourself. <laughs> yeah, like the classic, you know? Yeah. yeah. I,
0: I think that's an important element of hip-hop is, you know, just, like, folks giving their take.
1: But it does have to ultimately come from a place of, like, wanting to empower and inspire you know, um, and like the second that people are coming from a place of trying to diminish other people, that's when there's a problem and those people mm-hmm. need to be shut down. And I don't yep. luckily I haven't come across that here locally um, or, if you know, I'm sure it happens, but but I think like on a on a grand scheme of things. Like inspiration is God, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Inspiration is what compels you to do things. Therefore, it's God. And so um, creating music that inspires people or being inspired to create music is like it's like this holy thing. And so uh, as long as that energy is there to, like, get up and be inspired, like, to get out of bed and and create something, that's, like, as good as it gets for me as far as music is concerned. Like, that's that's the purpose of music fulfilled. And Mm -hmm. so, like, kind of going on a tangent, but really, like, so many of us, I think, are really wrapped up in this idea of, like, no, the purpose of music is to have people sweating you. You know, just like, oh, I'm on, like, this dude is so dope and we're buying his stuff and, like, blowing you up. But if you're rich and famous and you're not inspired anymore, that's, like, hell. As far I mean, that's fucked, you know? I would rather be broke and nameless and inspired to, like, pick up my guitar than be rich and famous and have that passion gone. And so I Mm -hmm. think that's what is important to recognize is, like... You know, but just just appreciate it. If you're inspired to make music, and there's people making music that inspires you, that's as good as it gets.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's a bar right there, man. <laughs> you know, I'm a big time Nipsey Hussle guy, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so like inspiration. He's a big time inspiration for mm-hmm. me, and like. I like that you said the inspiration is God, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because a lot of people don't understand why, like, people will see these inspiring figures as, like, you know, like I'll tell people, like, he's like my Jesus Christ. You need that mm-hmm. to just, you know, keep moving every day, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because everybody's going through something mm-hmm. in life, you yep. know what I mean? And we all need some kind of motivating, you know what I mean? And it's different for everybody, you know totally. what I mean? One of the things that's been hit on, hit on multiple times during this podcast, including the episode that just dropped today, the City Hippie podcast, mm. is um, the, the talk of, like, the fine line between your craft being your own and then, like, your craft being for, like, with the goal of, like, making money, mm. mm-hmm. right? You mm-hmm. know, and so yeah. there's that interesting line where, mm. you know, um, you talked about it a lot it, you got you to gotta like what you're putting out. You got to like, you know, your own music, you know what I mean? And um, <clears throat> at what point does, you know, when you have that want to make money off it, are you – does it push you outside your own boundaries to do better? You know, like you're mm-hmm, talking about, mm-hmm. like you've had things to like set the bar, you know, higher and everything like that. So like does, it, does money make people step out of themselves and do more – does it – it seems like on, on an extent one of the classic things is that, you know, people will lose track of why they were doing the music mm-hmm. in the first place, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Their sound mm-hmm. yeah. is what they want to put out there, you know what I mean, mm. rather than what people want to hear, you know what I mean? Yep. And um, it's just a fine line, you know?
1: Yeah. That's a, that's a tricky one. You know, like what's the saying? Like you're not underground, you're just unpopular, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause like I got no problem with people who, who want to make money off their music. Like that's fucking cool, man. And if people yeah, pull it off, yeah. If people can pull it off and maintain their inspiration through it, through that, um, then that's super dope. And I'm actually in this day and age, a huge fan of pop music. I listen to a lot of pop music before I forget though. I know in the beginning, I said when I first heard Tupac and I was a little kid, I didn't get it, but I got to like make sure people know, like I definitely am down with Tupac. Like I get it now. Like fucking that dude. And speaking to someone who knew how to make money and keep it real, you know, like, so all like, you know, but yeah, it's, it's just a different element. And the danger is that you, um, lose yourself chasing the money And you don't, um, you, 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 you just lose yourself. And I think that's the same thing that can happen with social media is like, we can lose ourselves in the social media. Mm -hmm. And I've been thinking about that a lot lately to me, social media is like alcohol. It's like a little bit can enhance your life, but too much can really fuck shit up. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so like trying to tread that balance of like having a social media presence, But not, um, you know, not uh, letting it take over your life, because every time that I pick up my phone impulsively and click on Instagram and start scrolling, I could have picked up my guitar and gotten better at playing guitar. Mm-hmm. And so one thing I'll say that I just did like two days ago, I discovered this cause it was starting to eat my fucking soul. Um, there's like a setting on, on my iPhone where I can just turn off certain apps for certain parts of the day. Mm-hmm. So basically right now I have it from like 11 AM to like 8 PM. I can't access Instagram or Facebook or whatever. And like you can override it, but it just works for those times when you in, Impulsively pick up your phone and click on the shit without even wanting to. And then 10 yeah. minutes later, you're like, damn. And so it helps it. Cause I look and I go, Oh yeah, you don't want to do that. Do something else with your fucking time. And even the other night with my wife, Kimmy, like I had that on and we were sitting there having a cocktail and I was like, Hey, let's look at this travel book together. And like, instead of just scrolling on our phones, and we sat and looked at this book and it was like, Whoa, crazy, like human interaction and shit, you know? So like a little bit of that, though, it's a tool. Like I've heard you talk with Assad and stuff. I loved what Assad was saying about like, um, you know, take 10 minutes, me- meditate, reflect on on what you're all about. Mm-hmm. And we're so obsessed with distracting ourselves. It's not that we're obsessed. It's that these, these fucking computers – are incredibly powerful, and they're so, the algorithm is so sophisticated that it outsmarts us. It's like getting a fucking little. Line of cocaine every time you pick it up, it like reinforces oh, yeah. you. It's behavioral modification. Hundred percent. Oh, they've mm. they've seen they've studied
0: it. They know that you know you get dopamine, and you know based off of just scrolling, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and mm-hmm. the stimulation that you get. They know it's extremely addicting. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. That's one of the things that it, I was on. Um, it's funny you mentioned that I was on a size radio show recently and was talking with him about it. How you know now. You know, capitalism over time, over the you know decades and hundreds of years, they've they've, they've colonized like the majority of the land mm-hmm. that can be colonized. Yep. So now, like the goal is to like colonize your mind mm-hmm. through these social media apps because yep. they know how easy it is to access, mm-hmm. how you know. I don't know what I don't know what the numbers are, but I want to bet like either eight or nine out of ten adults like have a cell phone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So we all have access to it. So you know, it's so easy to just bam get so locked into and then addicted to these social media apps. Mm-hmm. I'll go as so far as to say I hate social media, mm-hmm. but. Like, like we're saying, like, you know, when you're running a brand, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you, you're you going to have to put yourself on there at least once a day, whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, during mm-hmm. certain co- times or whatever. Like, you got to be, you know, at least checking on your brand, seeing what people are commenting, mm-hmm. you know, what's yeah. going on, put yourself out there, continue that. So, it's just like, it's so easy to get trapped into these these things that like i mean think about it like 20 years ago right like the idea of like us spending so much time on an app on yeah. your phone was it would. We would have been like, whoa, I don't know. I don't think that's going to be the future. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah, no, yeah, And here we are, you yeah. know. And, like, now, you know, we've had, you know, generations of kids come in, and it's so quick and easy to just mm-hmm. get sucked into and yep. locked into these things, you know. And um, I, for one, you know, I'm not definitely not trying to tangent off onto world news or nothing like that, but just with us being on, like, the topic of social media – I kind of I haven't really Felt bad That like Right now You know like Meta You know Mm -hmm. Zuckerberg lost Like Billions yeah, and billions yeah. of dollars over, basically like investing in VR too quickly. <laughs> you know, yeah, like yeah. I'm not really mad that he lost a bunch of billions yeah. of dollars. Oh, you know, yeah. like I'm not really, you know, like I'm I'm actually, you know, you see my post on Facebook. So I'm actually kind of mad that Twitter is, you know, kind of uh, it's uh, it's up in the air right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know what what it's how it's going to go with Elon Musk just mm-hmm. having bought it and everything like that. Yeah. But um on another on another level, if it completely went away, man, like yeah, I would miss some things because mm-hmm. I was learning and growing through it. But, like, I'm not that mad about it if Mm -hmm. that social media platform went away. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? These things aren't that great
1: for us. It's the the fucking – this is the conversation of our life, of our time right now. Because it's like we all are sucked into this algorithm that's super sophisticated. And it is an extremely powerful tool. But it's so powerful that it can control you and so – And like, we were talking about balance and it's such a fucking tricky, um, one to, to strike that balance with. And like this setting that I just turned on a few days ago, I already feel better about my life. Just having some amount of like, okay, I've set boundaries for myself. Um, but at the same time as an artist to be able to like set up my cell phone, play a song on my guitar, hit share and have thousands of people, you know, get to experience what I'm creating. It's, it's insane. Mm -hmm. You know, you used to have to have the gatekeepers of the record companies and all these different things or have enough money to buy all the recording gear. So like, yeah, so there there's, there's, you know, it's not an all bad type situation, but it is a situation where it's out of balance, I think. And I think for Mm -hmm. me where the balance would be is I think, consumption versus production. Like we shouldn't just be consumption machines who go around consuming, consuming, consuming. So if I'm spending three hours a day consuming media, and then I'm spending one hour a day creating music, that's way the fuck out of balance. Right. You know? So like making sure that I'm, I'm like, and I think that goes for all things. It's like, if you're someone who's taking from your community, Like, what are you giving back? Because just by being alive, we're causing, you know, an impact. So what can we give back to help balance that out to some extent, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the the social media thing is I have actually a a bar – uh, I had a couple little raps I wanted to do real quick. I don't know how, oh, we're, how we're doing on time and stuff. Um, oh,
0: dude, I got all evening, because <laughs> we plenty on time, man. It's
1: just like one bar, but social media might be like the meteorite that killed the dinosaurs, I ate. And basically, you know, it might be because it's, like, it's yeah. fucking us up like, it's in true, a weird man. way. Even if you don't get into the, all the advertising and the propaganda and the malicious intent that can be behind some of this stuff – Just the reality that we went from for the vast majority of human history, you have your little village of people or your town, whatever it is, and you are comparing yourself to those people and maybe you have a certain talent that's really appreciated by other people and you feel like you're contributing because you're like, oh, I'm not the greatest guitar player in the world, but I'm the best guitar player in my village and everyone is stoked on that. So you feel great about that on social media, we're comparing ourselves with the best people out of all basically 7 billion or whatever it's at now, you know, like we're comparing ourselves to so many billions of people and the ones that are the best at things or not necessarily the best, but just the most captivating, the most attention grabbing, those people are pushed out to everyone in the world. And so you have the work when you put posts on uh, Instagram reel, you're competing with the, basically the entire fucking population of the planet. Mm -hmm. And so that psychologically, it's one thing for you know a striving rapper from manila like ooh boo hoo people didn't watch my fucking video who fucking cares but when you're like a 13 year old girl and you scroll through your feed and you're seeing the hottest chicks in history combined with photoshop and it's could you know a lot of times it's the same chicks you'll see like over and over mm-hmm. there's like the top 5 hottest chicks in the world that are on everyone's screens and everyone's comparing themselves to it fucks with your head yeah you know
0: oh yeah yeah, that's, there's studies now that are proving that. The depression in kids and young women and things <laughs> for these – yeah, it, it, it started, you know, as like magazines and TV – but now with social media, it's so out there. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you know, I really worry about, like, our future generation of kids and women, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because there's there's got to be more realistic standards. You bring up a good point, though, man. Like, that's so interesting is that, like, when you're on the global stage like that, mm-hmm. like, y- y- you know – you may have been contributing something to your local community that was, you know, meaningful. Mm-hmm. But then when you're at, when with the current day and age when you've got TikTok or Instagram or whatever, mm-hmm. when you're seeing everything from across across the globe like that, you know, rather than feeling good about what you're contributing to your community, is actually making you feel like you're not enough.
1: Yeah, it's and a see? popularity contest. Mm-hmm. That's why I think like what's imperative for the culture of music and artistry in general is uh, a broadening of the purpose um, beyond commercial success and popularity because like we're we've been conditioned to think like the second you pick up a guitar if you don't already show promise that you're going to be one of the greatest in the world why would you do it the second you sing a note off pitch it's like well you're not great at singing so don't do it and it's like back in the back in the day if you wanted to hear music you had to make it yourself or go find someone else that could do it before recorded mediums existed Mm -hmm. so there was like a purpose to being an artist because it was just a fulfilling part of your life and so in this day we have this we we are devoid of spirituality because you know people have realized that the institutions are totally fucked And so that's been replaced with money is our God. Mm -hmm. And what would be nice is if people recognize the value of like, check this out. Like if you start trying to write rap songs and, and express yourself and you do that for the next five years, at the end of that five years, no matter what the commercial viability of that or even anyone ever wants to hear it, you are going to have gone on a crazy journey. You know, you're going to be a better person at the end of it because you're going to have to reflect on what you believe in and you're going to have to start to understand like what you, how to manipulate your body in a way to create certain sounds. Like there's just so many things and you're going to appreciate other music on another level because you're going to realize how hard it is. And so, uh, like, I think if we can start thinking of music and artistry as something that's a personal growth opportunity and a part of enriching our lives and building community making friends having connections all those things start putting more of an emphasis on that And stop telling people like, oh, just because you're not going to be a commercial success means that you're like this whack person who shouldn't even be trying or whatever. It's like, no, man, it's way fucking bigger. I think that the biggest problem with our society is that we think the ultimate epitome of what it means to be a human being is to be rich and famous Mm. and banging hot chicks every night. And like that sounds cool. Like I'm cool with that if that happens or whatever. But there's way more as a human being that can be experienced, like way, way more profound levels of existence than that. Mm -hmm. So that's a bar. (laughs) Yeah, man.
0: Nah, it's so true. You know, I wonder if it's, you know, Uh, People talk about it being like a kind of like a mental illness when you get to a certain level in society where, you know, you got so much money and, you know, so much wealth and everything like that. Like you lose, you know, whether you're like a psychopath or a sociopath or you just a megalomaniac, you know what I mean? Like we've seen plenty, you know what I mean? Like this crazy guy Trump is coming back into the picture again, you know what I mean? It's 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 just like these things have been, it's so sad in our society nowadays because these things have been practically normalized like being a megalomaniac Mm -hmm. you know what i mean or almost like codified into the like the goals of like this is what you should aspire to Mm -hmm. be you know what i mean and like there's got to be some more self-reflection
1: i mean that's like something immortal technique says is like you know people always ask you who your heroes are and he's like don't name all the people that you don't fucking know like, those people have so much more to their story than any of us know. He's like, th- think about the heroes in your life, in your community, people mm-hmm. you actually know. And that's, like, just revolutionary because we don't focus on our own communities, on our own neighbors anymore. We're, like, in this vortex of, like, like on my Facebook even, which I think is, like, one of the more, like, community-based social networks for me because it doesn't have like Instagram is just showing me shit from all over the world or whatever. Mm -hmm. But regardless, I have like friends in East Africa and friends in Canada and friends in fucking Mexico, like all over the place. And you're just like in this other internet world. And it's crazy because like I've had where I remember being in Uganda in an internet cafe on Facebook in Facebook world met the fucking metaverse and I'm so deep like scrolling and reading about everybody's things and then I like you know close the window and walk outside and I'm like what the fuck I'm in Uganda like it was like <laughs> it's weird the internet is like its own world mm-hmm. and a lot of us are living more of our lives in that world than in the you know more real world which also might be a simulation and I'm not Trying to judge and say that like doing things on the internet is terrible, but I think we should be conscious of the fact that that's like a separate universe. And ultimately, for at least for me, when I spend a lot of time in that place, it I don't leave it feeling like really fulfilled and enriched. A lot of times, I leave it feeling like fuck, man. I wish I had gone to the beach and watched the sunset, or like hit up someone and jammed out. You know, so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I don't. I'm not a abolitionist or a. a you know, like a, what's the word for people not having sex or whatever? Abstinence. Abstinence. Yeah, Yeah. no, like, it's like, we got to just figure out as a culture how to find the balance to where it's like, these things are enhancing our lives. These tools are useful to us, but they're not like detrimental Mm -hmm. to our communities and whatnot. And we're definitely not at that balance right now, so you know, something we can strive for.
0: No, I know. It's interesting because like I feel like the the platforms, the social media platforms, you know, they know what they do to us and how they do it. And so, like, that's one of the main things I tell people is I tell them, I don't like social media and if you aren't a brand on social media that's trying to, like, promote and expand your brand, Mm -hmm. then you are consuming mm-hmm. yeah. and I'm not trying to do it on that level. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's just so much else out there to do.
1: Yeah. I think it's just about consciousness. Like anything, like if you're consciously going, Hey, I'm building something here, which you, you are building something. And also like anyone who's an artist is building something, you know, cause mm-hmm. like, largely creating art is about trying to connect with people and, and hopefully inspire them so if you're consciously trying to accomplish a goal through your through using these tools that's totally fine for me the problem was coming in when I would just subconsciously default to anytime there's a spare second I do the easiest thing to entertain myself and that's right now an app on my phone and so I feel like it's dangerous to always take the easiest path because really in life, we're on this journey and everybody ends at the same fucking destination, which Mm -hmm. is death. And so Mm -hmm. you don't want to just take the quickest, easiest path to that. You want to stop and say, oh, wait a minute. No, nah, I'm going to make this a really interesting journey, and I'm going to hopefully have a lot of personal growth in that journey and a lot of experiences and connect with a lot of people because I'm going the same place. And so mm-hmm. just having that awareness and knowing like what your goals are. For me, it's like if I go out and film some clips on my bike and I want to edit a little video, I enjoy that process. And like to me, it's an artistic expression kind of. So it's like... But then when I start finding myself obsessing, like, oh, how many people like this? That's when I'm like, this is like fucked. Like, because the algorithms are random anyways. Mm -hmm. Like, I've had videos get crazy views that were no better than videos that got no view. It's like, it's just a crapshoot. It's like gambling, you know? Like, I feel like the like thing is literally like pulling the, the dial at a casino on the slot machine and mm-hmm. you're just like ooh put this out hopefully it'll get like maybe it'll blow up or whatever it's right. like just a it's like a gambling addiction but anyway <laughs>
0: <right>. that's that's <laughs> a bar man that's that's true man it's like a gambling addiction yeah. As even when you're you know whether you you know there's the people like we talked about that are just scrolling but even if you're a content
1: creator mm-hmm. creating content yeah. It's a, it's a gambling addiction. <laughs> Dude, it's It's crazy, man. But, like, yeah, it's it's beyond anyone's real understanding. And I don't think, like I've said, I don't want this to be like a social media is horrible. Never. If you go on there, because y'all are going to see me on that shit. All right. You know, I'm up in there. We're both going to be back but, on there. <laughs> but it's good to reflect on it. Right. And just, like, because then maybe I'll listen back to this in 10 years and be like, damn, I should have listened to myself. Or I might be like, oh, this shit, like, you know popped off in a way where because i've had opportunities through social media that have come up like even just being here right now i think we've connected through social media so like Mm -hmm. it's obviously got some beautiful capabilities right but yeah man well i think we should like move towards wrapping things up because like i can just go on and on um i got i got a i wanted to do one more couple bars off of a track oh that's dope man And i got a bunch of shout outs
0: and to- <laughs> i'd love to hear whatever else you got in the clip that you're trying to let okay. us know about yeah. yeah let's
1: do that so um <laughs> all right let me do some shout outs real quick though shout out to zach stone the sax man zach yeah. who can freestyle rap and sing and play keys And is just a a really good-hearted guy. And then I already shouted out Ruffian and Gage ATG, my buddy Ratty Matty, who's in San Diego now, who I freestyled with for years, with Tamaris Abrams and Anwen Holiday um, and Johnny Angel. And that's a whole episode we didn't even touch on. But Ratty Matty's one of my my close close bros. Two Tank shout out. He's always what I love about Two Tank is like he's just a fan of the scene. Mm -hmm. he's always like you post shit he likes it he fucking gets hyped on everyone's stuff because he's just a fan and he's fucking dope so yep like much love to Two tank i'm working on a track with him right now
0: oh sick yeah
1: um turtle shell shock one of the most underrated local dudes um his flow and swag is crazy yeah turtle Turtle. yeah turtle like watch out for that dude fucking goldilocks Love everyone yeah. fucking loves Goldilocks. I don't oh, even yeah. got to say shit about Goldilocks. Like you already know. <laughs> Flo J Simpson. When he, he like, he's been taking a little hiatus from our little under the bridge cypher. But when he would come, I had a joke because every single time that motherfucker rapped, it was like insanity every time. And I never heard him <laughs> repeat the same wordplay and flow or anything. Mm-hmm. And it was always like some new shit that was like, like triple entendres and you're just like, yeah. like either you he has like a million bars stored in his head or he's just that good at freestyle. I think he's just that good at freestyle. I
0: think both, man. <laughs> yeah, he's got yeah. so much dude. He's <laughs> killing it out there.
1: Bro, yeah, Flo Jay is insane. Like his his freestyles sometimes uh, to me are like more digestible because it's all even a freestyle from Flo J has layers and layers and layers that you have to deconstruct. So his written stuff, it's like you gotta like write it out and like study it and you're like oh my god so yeah, like, yeah. Shout <laughs> dude, out to not, Jay, man. his brain is like going twice as fast as everyone else's i think like mm-hmm. i think it's just like the synapses and shit
0: i've seen it man he's a wordsmith on another level man
1: yeah mad respect uh obviously uh area sound with steamer empress lee Zigzilla. yeah they're all dope as fuck Verge, oh, yeah. who moved away, but is just like man. Oh, he's still humble, uh, hip hop man. Fuck, dude, that guy. I'm looking forward to seeing what he comes out with. Dre, uh, who I told you earlier, like watch out. Yeah. for Dre. Um, That's an artist right there, man. He's killing. The ta- was- he's a
0: tattoo artist. He's coming through the fat Bowl ciphers. Mm-hmm. Killing them. he's killing that shit yeah. when he's
1: coming through, man. His freestyles like under the bridge, his freestyles are some of the craziest shit I ever heard. Like straight shit. up zero star child. Watch the fuck out for her. She's like yeah. pure talent. And I saw she just <laughs> dropped
0: a video, um, you know, anti, but it was talking about like, you know, bitches and hoes. Yeah, like, yeah. Don't talk about like that. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah.
1: She's got a message in her music, which is mm-hmm. why, like I said, when I first got into rap, it was like ranting about politics and stuff. And, and like, I like when people have something, you know some some something deep there so and then i got vita who's another awesome singer who's been starting to come through cyphers and and like stepping up her freestyle game yeah we got this guy cole jackson who people don't his name is his, his mc name is Lock. dude's super talented like watch out for that dude yeah. um cine yeah. synapse he's on another level, musically, in all sorts of ways. Beats, bars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Real talented guy. Um, this guy, Tandy Racer, who was coming to the Cypher, was just the funniest motherfucker you ever heard. <laughs> Obviously, gotta shout out NAC1, B-Swiss, yeah. Highway. I don't gotta say shit about those dudes. You already know. The legends. Yeah, and uh, and I gotta shout out David at Hip Hop Humble because this motherfucker's is like, yeah, like, We, everyone is appreciating what you're doing. Like you sitting here and listening to people talk and tell their stories. Everyone loves to talk about themselves and like to have someone that has the patience to like, you know, put everyone on and then edit this shit and then put it out and promote it. Like you're doing a huge service to the hip hop community. Um, and just to humble in general, like, and it's, you know, it's for the love of the art. So that's, that's acknowledged.
0: Thank you, man. I appreciate that acknowledgement. I really yeah. do. It's all for the culture,
1: cuz. So what I got coming up, um, I'm starting a record label. <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> Shady Manila Records, right here, right yeah. now. I don't know if anybody, <laughs> other folks might have heard it, but you're yeah. hearing this right here, right yeah, now. Right. What's it
1: called? Shady Manila Records. Oh man, so I've always been Shady Manila Studios, even before I did rap, I was producing BMX videos when I was a kid on two VCRs. Shady <laughs> Manila Studios, um, oh, shit. but yeah, Shady Manila Records, and the, the intention behind it is mostly just to give people that I think is really talented are really talented an opportunity to record and things like that without having to necessarily pay. So it's like, if I think that you're talented, we come to an agreement of like I'll get a percentage if there's any money made, but in this day and age, there ain't fucking money made off, like, you know,
0: it's all, unless it blows
1: up, <laughs> unless that's the thing. Cause if I do this for 10 years and I get one song that blows up, that could be a gravy train for the rest of my life. Facts. So, but in the meantime, it's going to be me being able to p- put as much effort as I can into producing people, um, without them feeling stressed about, paying the recording fees and all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, that's the main kind of thing is to give me an incentive to, to put out dope music of other artists and feel like I'm getting something, but not, f- it's hard when you're a, 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 a mix engineer and stuff and you spend like two hours on the snare. Cause there's some little resonance you're fucking with. And um, you can't really charge. Like I don't charge people if I do shit like that. Cause it's like, it's just nitpicky stuff. But as a producer, like I have to do it. Mm -hmm. So it's like being in the recording industry as like trying to make money at that is really stressful because you're like, you don't want to charge people what it really takes Mm -hmm. because you get Mm -hmm. that perfectionist side and you're like, I can't charge them for that shit.
0: There's so much art out there like that, man, Mm -hmm. like that I've come across over the years where people will put... so much time Or a certain level of time In this You know something And then Not be able to charge The corresponding amount Of like You know like Let's say just per hour per, You know per mm-hmm. rate mm-hmm. Because like It wouldn't You know what I mean It just wouldn't sell You know what I mean mm-hmm. Like a, another art Like I see like that Is like um, Some people that I know That just do like Fire etching mm. Like that, should, Dude It'll take them like 60 hours yep. But you're not gonna Charge somebody $1800 For like <laughs> yeah, Something yeah. that's gonna You really only worth Like Like 50 we bucks. said
1: I mean trying to come up things to do with artwork gets really tricky and fucked up and like that's why that has to be bigger than that and that's Mm -hmm. what the record label idea is and i'm not trying to spend all my time i'm not going to be like promoting the shit out of this and trying to blow it up it's going to be like i record someone we put it out there and you know maybe do some promotion they can do some promotion if it blows up dope but it's just like um like it's that st- that piece of the puzzle I'm interested in 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 having a way to do that and feel good about that. I know there's some yeah. shout outs i um I forgot to mention, and I'm sorry to y'all. you can fucking roast me about that. Hey. rap battle me about that.
0: Well, let me do well, let's do it like this though, cause you know, like, um I definitely need to get you back on at some point. You're Where? always okay. welcome on sorry. the pod. And, you know, uh, maybe the next episode we'll get into some more, uh, you know, more esoteric topics, you Mm, know what I mean? And uh, philosophy, you know what I mean? Because I know you're one of those type of minded persons, you know, like me, you know. We're seekers, you know what I mean? There's certain people out there that are okay with what they see and and Mm. what's going on. And there's certain people that need more, want more, want more information, you know what
1: I mean? Yeah, hip hop. Like, if you're not, if you're a real rapper, you're probably a philosopher too, Right. you know? I don't think there's any great MC that you could name that we wouldn't say like was reflecting deeply on, on shit, you know, yeah, like those uh, would be weak it, bars. If they're yeah. not spurring your mind like that. And even the ones who are just party, party rappers or whatever, like there's always more than people think, you know, mm-hmm. like that was another thing Assad was saying was like, people don't get the depth of some of these artists, you know, they say, Oh, they're just rapping about cocaine or whatever. It's like, and people hear Tupac and they don't understand the the, the layers, you know, like, Mm -hmm. so, so anyways, yeah. um, I was just going to end. I got, I got some bars. I wrote for it. I'm doing a track with Ruffian, and I wrote some bars that I was pretty, pretty hyped on. It was, uh, it's called, uh, uh, circumstance of the working class. Zach Stone's on there too. Oh shit. He was, he singing. He's singing. Yeah. Oh man. yeah. Yeah. It'll be dope. But, um, I it's, that's the best thing about working with other people is when, when they spit their thing, you were like, oh, shit. And when Ian rapped, and I was like, oh, I'm going to write a verse for this. I was like, it's got to have a lot of rhymes, multi-level rhymes, all this stuff. Because, like, you, you come after him with just, like, you know, some cookie-cutter shit, and it's going to stand out like a sore thumb. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for <laughs> so, real. <laughs> I was trying to do. magic every time. <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> yeah. Um, give this a shot. <laughs> Yo, no. we just some minnows in a pond, ponds fighting for scraps. While these sickos say and sick them to their mutancy bass. Fat white cats sending us rats through the mazes again for cheese they spat, covered in gnats. It's repulsive, my friend, cause hoarding all them resources equates to more violence. The poor being slaves to riches, core open your eyelids, heads buried in the sand, vacationing on islands. While in the slum, the soundtrack is gunshots and sirens, an avalanche of doom and gloom. Bow down at mass, then get back to the loom at the sweatshop real fast. No cash advance with the lance they pop. Hoping harass? That's the circumstance. No romance of the working class. Yeah, that's he right there. Man. <laughs> that was you and Ruffian on that, or just you? It'll be me, Ruffian, and uh and Zach. Oh, Zach Stone. Man. So well, I'll be dropping eventually, and uh, I, I got like I got one. some other questionable shit in the works. <laughs> like highly questionable, but like you know, I just um like I said, you know, like. You got to get to do something unique. You got to get really fucking good at it. And I, I've i got the unique part down. So I'm just keep chiseling away. And eventually it's going to be to where when I when I put it out there and I play it back and I'm just like, yes, I got it. That's my goal, man. Yeah. So, anyways, I appreciate you having me here. This has been super fun.
0: Oh, man, I'm blessed to have you here, man. Like I said, you're always welcome back. This was dope, man. I want to make sure that people know about the inside cipher mm-hmm. that's in Eureka under the bridge. But best way to get there, like some people like I've talked to some people and they say mm-hmm. like sometimes they have a problem like finding it. Mm-hmm. Best way to really get there is you just go down H all the way, mm. you keep mm-hmm. going down A Street all the way till the end of that thing until it takes you to Halverson Park right there, and then you can basically see the cipher off to the right. You see where folks are going to be rapping under the bridge off to the right. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So that's all downtown Eureka. Yep. You know what I'm saying? It's not that hard once you found it. Yeah. But um, and if
1: we're not there, we might be behind target if shit gets too shady under the bridge. Um, like this time of year, we get rain. We get it's dark. It's cold. Like shit's yeah. gritty. Um, but but you can always DM dark. me. Yeah, and the thing is, it's funny because like I don't even promote this shit. Like I sent those first texts out, and I don't promote it because, like I said, when there's only two of us there, to me, it's just as dope as when there's fifteen mm-hmm. people. Because like I've had some awesome ciphers with like just me and Johnny. Going back and forth or whatever, because you can get creative. Like, so yeah. I'm not trying to blow this thing up. But if people want to come through and are interested, everyone's welcome. We're not competitive. It's it's a it's a good vibe, like you said, man. So I'll vouch
0: for that, yeah. man. It's definitely cool, folks. You know what I'm saying? You get some like you like you were talking about FloJet coming through, Knack mm-hmm. one comes through every now and then. Like you guys get some dope people coming yeah. through. So if you're just trying to like you know come up in the hip hop community around here, you know, yeah. kind of like work on your bars, totally. come to the inside cipher. Word. You know, you'll meet some dope people. You'll get a chance to you know get that experience. Come every single week, you know, and it's no yeah. there's no pressure. There's zero pressure. Yeah. That's one of the coolest things about you man is you were every every single time on anything you've ever given me the opportunity to collaborate on or you know come out for anything like that it's always been no pressure Mm -hmm. you know and that's crucial man you know because as an artist or you know as it's like a like i said like a person like me where i'm just a fan like you Mm -hmm. know just trying to get some creativity out you know when there's that pressure you know like for me as soon as there's pressure i'm like no man
1: i'm not trying to do (laughs) that no (laughs) it's gotta be like i said inspiration's god man like let the inspiration flow Like push yourself, don't slack off. But like if the inspiration's not there, you know, like I'd say, I always say this, like if you want to play guitar, put it somewhere where you can easily access it, pick it up, uh, for one minute every day, just tell yourself, I'm going to pick it up for one minute. Same with making a beat or rapping. Like I'm going to write bars for one minute. And if that inspiration doesn't come after that minute, put it away and don't stress it. But nine times out of 10, that inertia, as soon as you pick that shit up and start, then you'll two hours later you're like damn so you know you got to get the inertia going but then you know follow your inspiration but yeah that's
0: a bar that's a dope one right there that's good wisdom man hey um if you one last thing because i've been trying to do this with certain artists uh, as they come on if you were to give you've giving a bunch of gems during this one, man. Mm -hmm. But like, if you were to give some, you know, advice to a young artist just coming up, maybe even, like I said, you know, looking to come out to the inside cypher or just trying to come up in Humboldt County in hip hop, Mm -hmm. what would you tell them?
1: Man, I I would say, uh, I would say be in it for the long haul. Don't get impatient with yourself and, uh, and, and be vulnerable Like, don't be afraid to ask people's opinions of things and it's going to hurt sometimes, but make sure you get some honest opinions here and there and you don't have to, you don't have to, um, you know, agree with those opinions. That's a big part of feedback. Just because someone says, yo, you rap too fast or this or that doesn't mean you have to say, oh, they're right. You just heard it and you go, that's an opinion. I'm going to hear that. I'm not going to get defensive. They're not telling you that 99% of the time. They're not telling you that to like hurt your feelings. They're telling you that because that's how they feel. So you can either take it as a valuable piece of information on your journey and use it to progress, even though it is going to sting a little bit, it's going to make you a better artist. And the stuff that hurts the worst, those experiences, like when I got my ass kicked in that rap battle and I've gotten my ass kicked in other ones, those are like Those ultimately give you more character and they make you a better artist. And so if you're trying to not be vulnerable and never have your feelings hurt and never go through any hardship with your pursuit of your craft, then you're not going to excel. And uh, that's fine. Just don't, you're you're not going to ever put it out. You're going to do it for yourself. And that's totally fine if that's your thing. But if you're really trying to become the best version of yourself, you can be and take this journey to the highest extent you can, then you're going to have to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. That's facts. Man, <laughs> that's a dope way to end the pod, man. Thank you, Sequoia. Thanks, David. I appreciate being here, man. Absolutely. guys. Yeah. Till the next time. Right on. <laughs> Alright, then. <laughs> uh, yeah.